The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you uh, that you are the object, uh, you are the substance of our gratitude. Uh, You have given us hearts with which to praise you, minds with which to know you. We pray, God, that you would continue to reveal yourself to us uh, in this lesson as we look at uh, the psalm and as we uh, just consider... Uh, the word thanksgiving. We ask pray, and pray, God, that you would uh, be our great teacher. And that all the bags that we bring in, all the, the rubbish that we have uh, surrounding our hearts, Lord, that that would be uh, put aside uh, by your own glory and your grace, and that we would uh, have hearts and minds to focus and uh, be shaped by you and your, your Holy Spirit. We pray, God, that you would uh, glorify yourself in us and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. So last week we, uh, we looked at uh, forgiveness, uh, that the, sort of the theme is uh, Christian words in a secular age. And so we, there's a lot of talk about forgiveness, but um, of course a secular society isn't going to look at that quite in the way that we do. There's some really good things about it, uh, but there's also some, some ways that, that the Christian uh, thought goes much further uh, than that. And so I thought we'd also take a look at Thanksgiving. And, uh, and not just at Turkey, but at, um, but at the actual thought and the, uh, the idea of giving thanks, of gratitude, and what that uh, looks like. So I, I googled uh, Thanksgiving, and you can imagine if you google Thanksgiving the week before Thanksgiving, that uh, most of what you get is Thanksgiving. You know, it, um, and here's the, but here's the number one story. I, I found this very interesting and, and quite surprising. The number one thing that pops up when I googled uh, Thanksgiving was that Pringles has a new Thanksgiving dinner, uh, Thanksgiving feast flavored potato chips. Yeah, it doesn't come in the uh, the normal can. It comes in a little uh, tray, and there are eight flavors of, of potato chips. And listen to what they are: turkey, mashed potatoes. Stuffing, cranberry sauce, creamed corn, green bean casserole, macaroni and cheese, and pumpkin pie. Oh my God! All flavored potato chips. Uh, and and what they said is, so it comes in this TV dinner style tray, and uh, and they come in different sections, and you can uh, stack the chips for. Uh, whatever leftover sandwich flavor you, you would like. So uh, I thought that was genius. Um, although, yes, I think disgusting is a better word for it. So there's a sucker born every day. Well, that's uh, in the eye of the beholder, I think. Um, next Sunday, we'll, have, uh, we'll see if we can round up. Some. There may be a few left on the shelf. I don't, I don't at, the, at the grocery store. Uh, Hey, we could have a blind taste test. Since we're not having Sunday school next week, we'd have a blind taste test instead. Uh, mm, let's see. Oh, that's the macaroni and cheese. Oh, that's the green bean casserole uh, for potato chips. Uh, all right, who, who's in? Yeah, okay. Um, so, in our culture, I mean, the Thanksgiving is essentially, when we think about Thanksgiving... This is essentially what we're talking about. It's the fourth Sunday, I mean, fourth Thursday in, uh, in November. And the, the holiday for Christians is a, can be a sort of a religious holiday, but, it, but for, 
For non-Christians, it can be a secular holiday. For any, uh, it's just sort of Ameri- an American holiday. Um, it's, it's the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. It's, it's uh, balloons and marching bands. It's, it's time for family to get together, and sometimes we really look forward to that, and sometimes we, you know, uh, don't. But um, it, it, it just kind of depends on your family dynamic, doesn't it? Uh, it is a, uh, but Thanksgiving comes in a long line of harvest festivals. I mean, this is really essentially what it is, what it started as a harvest festival. Uh, and different countries have different Thanksgivings. I mean, Canadian Thanksgiving, I think, is the first Monday in October. Um, I heard there's a Thanksgiving in the Caribbean and Liberia. And anyway, I don't, I don't know. Uh, it, 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 I'm sure it just depends on the harvest season. Our harvest season pretty much it has ended, well, not ours, ours goes all year round, but the sort of uh, American harvest season it ended a few weeks ago. Uh, when I lived in uh, Johns Island, right outside of Charleston, um, you know, the end of August was pretty much the end of the growing season uh, there. And, uh, and we hated that because, man, summer was great vegetables. But here, you know, we, we get them all year round, so which is great. But Thanksgiving comes in a long line of religious uh, harvest festivals. It, it is not surprising at all. We I mean, look at just the, the Jewish people and they, how they often had Harv Pentecost. It was a harvest festival uh, before it was Pentecost uh, for us as the coming of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Pente- um, harvest festivals, it was very natural for people to re- take in their crops and thank God for them. Uh, he was, and, and not just Christians. I mean, any of the, the pagan sort of um, polytheistic religions had, had gods of the harvest, gods of fertility, and they, they would give uh, the harvest. And so... So the people would take in their food and they would thank God for that. Uh, and so it's, it's not surprising that as the culture has shifted away from any uh, religious understanding, that there still is a sense of being thankful for what we have, and yet the object of that gratitude uh, changes. Uh, in my observation, there is an increasing awareness in our culture for, gra- for the need for gratitude. There is a lot of talk about gratitude, and there are a lot of positive effects, but it's really positive psychology. And I'm going to read a quote to, uh, in just a minute from Psychology Today. Uh, but there's no real or particular need to have an object of that gratitude in a secular sense. You can, um, you can be grateful without being grateful to anyone. You can just sort of be nebulously grateful. And um, as psychologists, secular psychologists understand it, it is... Um, it is a positive thing for your own psyche. So let me, uh, this is a, a quote from uh, 2015 on Psychology Today. Dr. Erica Slaughter said this, Gratitude is an emotion expressing appreciation for what one has. Makes good sense. An emotion expressing appreciation for what one has. As opposed to, for example, a consumer-driven emphasis on what one wants. I guess there's it's a chicken and egg kind of thing. I mean, you're grateful for what you have. At some point, you wanted that and you got it, and now you're grateful for it. Um, but gratitude, she says, gratitude is get, getting a great deal of attention as a facet of positive psychology. Studies show that we can deliberately cultivate gratitude and can increase our well-being and happiness by doing so. So you will have a more positive outlook on life. You will increase your own uh, happiness if you employ the discipline of being grateful. 
In addition, gratefulness, and especially expression of it to others, so it does have an object in that sense, uh, is associated with increased energy, optimism, and empathy. So all really good things. I don't want to say that, you know, we don't want to paint this picture that secularism is bad. There are some bad things about it. What I'm trying to say is that the, the, the Christian uh, idea goes much further and is much richer and deeper and hopeful uh, but we want to say that there's some good things about this. A pos- you know, some, uh, and, and so what she says, she says, a gratefulness and especially expression of it to others, meaning it's really good and probably more beneficial to have a, a, an object of our gratitude, but that's not necessary. Um, but it's still associated with increased energy, optimism, and empathy. And who doesn't want more uh, at least energy. Some of us don't want like We don't want optimism. We want realism. I do, anyway. I married an optimist. I try to keep her in check. Um, <laughs> don't ask her how that's going, by the way. Um, empathy, of course, is really good. Uh, so it occurs, and there was, I can certainly see this, and this is in some of the reading that I did. Uh, when we are at first grateful for something, you know, like you get, let's say, you know, it's just the, it's the, the kid who opens up the, the great toy that they've always wanted on Christmas, and then they're done with it by noon, right? You know, um, you get something, you're, you're just, oh, this is so grateful for, for this thing. But the more you have it, the more familiarity you get to it, and the less you're grateful about it. Uh, you know, I, I've said before, um, I, I got a road bike, uh, a, a bike, and I, I love it. But now, now I, when it, uh, and I was just riding it, and I'm still riding a lot, and I love it. I'm having a great time with it. But now it's creaking a little bit. I'm like, this daggum thing, you know. I, you know, I just and so my my uh, familiarity with it as I is um, my gratitude goes down and my uh, frustration goes up if something's not exactly right with it. Rather than just going, oh, I've got a bike, isn't that great? So, um, and you can think about that in your own life. You know, I think about when uh, when we had our our children. Oh, this little baby, we're so grateful. You know, familiarity. I'm not always grateful. You know, um, and I don't know what you. Uh, what you think? I mean, it's, sometimes I am. I, I try, but discipline, uh, great, gratitude is a discipline, isn't it? Um, and, and what, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk about gratitude in the world, but there's a lot of talk about mindfulness. Have you heard about, I don't know if you talk about, just sort of a present, sort of taking time. Um, and like if you look on your iPhone, under the health app that comes on every iPhone, uh, mindfulness is one of the categories. It helps, you know, just calm breathing, yoga, I don't know, whatever it is. So I don't, I don't click on that one very often. But, um, but mindfulness is a way to have uh, gratitude and just to be thankful for what you have. Uh, this past week, uh, I was uh, working with uh, the, one of the scout dens, the Boy, uh, Cub Scout dens uh, for Thomas's group. And um, they asked me to help with the God and Country. Um, and I, I was like, I don't know anything about that. But um, the, um, no, so of course we did, and Thomas did a super job. But so we went around, we talked about how faith is incorporated into your Life and most of them said, uh, you know, it's in some way or another. They at the table uh, around dinner, they will do their gratitudes, or they'll they'll talk about, you know, what's what thankful, or you know, most of us will have a a tradition at, at Thanksgiving where we'll go around and we'll say one thing I'm really thankful for for this, you know, this year. So we just, if we can recognize it's a good thing, um, but one of the ladies said, you know, you can be, and she was she was saying this really from a Christian perspective, but she said. To the boys, she said, you can be grateful for everything you have. You can be grateful for the teeth you have in your head to chew the food. You know, like, and the boys are like, 
that is ridiculous. I mean, they were just looking at her like, but, you know, we don't think about those things to really, because of the familiarity with it. So to really think about all that we have been given or all that we have is, it does take mindfulness. It does take discipline. It takes, um, and however you phrase that. Uh, and so what, so far, what we're, there's nothing particularly Christian about what, what I've said. I mean, it, it is a, it is a way for us to think through what we, what we have in, in our gratitude. Um, the, the idea to me, though, is uh, as I've been looking at it, and, and I'll, admittedly, I did, probably didn't get as far. I had great plans for all that I wanted to look at with uh, Thanksgiving this week and didn't get as far as I wanted to. But the, um, the, the idea that, that all of our gratitude, if we're, if we're talking from a Christian sense, our, the object of our gratitude is, is God. Now, I may be thankful to you as an individual, but the problem with being thankful to an individual, I mean, it's a good thing, but if that individual then disappoints me, then I lose my gratitude for that person. And so, to me, to having a sort of horizontal, peer-to-peer gratitude as your ultimate end of gratitude is setting you up for disappointment. And yet, if you have a vertical sense of gratitude, a gratitude that uh, God, to the one who will never leave you or forsake you, you see everything you have not as your just desserts, but as a blessing from God. Even your lack, you can see his, how He's working uh, in that. He's protecting you from, or whatever it is, that you can be thankful to Him, and you know He's never going to leave you or forsake you. That actually frees you up to love those uh, regardless of even if they disappoint you, to love those who uh, are in our lives. And so, um, over and over again, in, there's an Old Testament r- uh, refrain. It's in the Psalms, it's in Chronicles, it's, it's all throughout. Uh, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. You've probably heard that uh, refrain. Give thanks to the Lord, uh, for He is good. His love endures forever. Now, I, I'm, I don't know... Biblical Hebrew. Um, I, I do know Biblical Greek some, and so. Uh, but what I know is that the word that is translated in Scripture, uh, "thanksgiving" or "to give thanks," does not translate our word "give" and "thanks." So we have "thanksgiving" as two words, two English words, "give thanks." It it is actually the word is what? Who knows what the word is in Greek? Y'all know it. Eucharist. So you've heard our, the Eucharist called the Great Thanksgiving, right? That's why it's called the Great Thanksgiving, not just because we eat something, uh, but because that is, uh, it, Eucharist is the word we translate uh, Thanksgiving. Although the word Eucharist comes from you and charis, good grace. So they meant it the way we mean Thanksgiving, and that's why it's translated that way. It, but but whenever you say good gracious, you know you're saying Eucharist. You know, so you can just say Eucharist, and then uh, maybe that'll help your heart. Uh, I don't know. You know, I thought it was gonna be cooler today, as so I wore my camel hair. I was all excited, but it's hot. All right. So, good uh, grace, good grace. Um, again, we're celebrating, when we celebrate the Eucharist, we're celebrating the good grace that God has for us, right? I mean, when we're talking about the Eucharist, we're talking about 
uh, the, the body that was broken for us, the blood that was shed for us. Um, not just as an, as, as an example to show us, oh, how, this is how much God loves you, that He's willing to give up His Son. Like, for what, to what end? Like, if I said, gosh, I love you so much, I'm going to kill Thomas. Like, that would make no sense to anybody. You wouldn't say, oh, He loves me so much. You know, like, that doesn't make any sense. There was a, he died as a sacrifice, as a substitute where he took what the judgment of God that we deserve, God took his own judgment upon himself. That's, that's what's happening. So for that grace, so that we didn't have to take his judgment, for that grace we are giving thanks to God for his specific act of mercy and grace to us. That's what the Eucharist represents. When we break the body, that's what we're saying. And that's why I say, and I kind of go outside the rubrics, but I say it to each one of you when you take Eucharist, this is the body of Christ broken for you because he loves you. Like, that is, that is what um, I want people to understand. And I don't think I'm breaking any big laws or anything about that. Don't tell the bishop. But I'm, I'm not... Um, but I, I think that, um, that it is just it's so important for us to remember that this was done for us to give thanks um, that God has loved us in this particular way. Good grace. That's what Eucharist means. Um, so the Christian object of our gratitude our thanksgiving at any time is God not just this week uh, but at all times and even if we thank people I think we're ultimately thanking God right? I mean we're ultimately in fact uh, so you're probably tired of hearing or you feel like you know personally Frank Limehouse but he would um, so Frank my mentor at Advent uh, Cathedral uh, the dean there he said, when he would never write people thank you notes directly for, uh, well, basically for anything, but particularly for financial gifts. If he did write them, uh, he would say, I thank God for your gift. And people would, you know, and he, I remember he got in an argument with some consultant about, they said, no, you need to thank the person. I thank you for your generosity. And he said, but, I, but that person is being generous as a gift of God, so I'm thanking God for that gift. And he would not budge uh, on that uh, at all. And, and, and so again, when we're thanking God, when we're thanking a person, we're actually, in our hearts as Christians, we're, we're, we recognize that as a gift uh, from God. We're, we're thankful. Um, any, before we look at the psalm, any, any thoughts, or any pushback or questions or observations adding, adding to Yes, yeah, Sissy. Hmm. Well, we should stop right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, what if you woke up tomorrow with only the things you thanked God for today? Um, Lord, I thank you for everything I have and the lottery. Um, the uh, no, no. Actually, if you won the lottery, your life would be ruined. Um, the um, no, I, I. That is a really. I haven't actually never heard of that. That's really compelling. Good. Thank you for sharing that. What else? Anything? Okay. Well, let's take a look. Um, I mean, if, you look if you read through the Psalms, giving thanks, thanksgiving, I mean, you can you could, uh, do a word, you go to Bible.com and you can do a word search on give thanks or thanksgiving. It'll come uh, hundreds and hundreds of passages. But the Psalms particularly, 
And I love the Psalms, and I hope you'll read the Psalms. I hope you read the Psalms on a regular basis, sort of in a systematic way. Just work. It'd be great if you just read a Psalm every single day. Uh, if you read a um, just a thought, just, just one Psalm every day. Just go through the book, and when you get to the end, start over. Uh, because the Psalms contain basically all the theology of the Bible. And uh, Luther and Calvin, they, the Reformers talked about the Psalms were the tote bag of the Bible. They just Anything you have in large form anywhere else is going to be found in brief in the Psalms. Every emotion that you can think of. And, and what I love about the Psalms, even in the most dire Psalms, often, uh, almost always, there is, uh, there is gratitude. And that was the discipline of the, of the psalmist. So I, um, it, it's, the Psalms are the prayer book. And we're a prayer book people. They're the prayer book of the Bible. They were the prayer book of the Hebrew people. And so there's so much to be gained. And actually, there's Jesus all over them. And so we can, we can see that as well. Anyway, let's look at Psalm 30. I've highlighted two, um, the two places where it talks about giving thanks. Just a really, uh, so this is a Psalm of David. You've probably heard that refrain, joy comes in the morning. And, um, and we're just going to take a look at that and see what, see what we can get out of it. Um, David writes this. I will extol you, O Lord, for you have drawn me up and have not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried to you for help, and you have healed me. O Lord, you have brought up my soul from Sheol. You restored me to life from among those who go down to the pit. Sing praises to the Lord, O you His saints, and give thanks to His holy name. For his anger is but for a moment, and his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning. As for me, I said in my prosperity, I shall never be moved. By your favor, O Lord, you made my mountain stand strong. You hid your face. I was dismayed. To you, O Lord, I cry, and to the Lord I pled for mercy. What profit is there in my death if I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it tell of your faithfulness? Hear, O Lord, and be merciful to me. O Lord, be my helper. You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have loosed my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. That my glory may sing your praise and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. All right. So David starts out and he's he's praising the Lord. As, as many Psalms do, they start with with praise. I will extol you, O Lord. You've drawn me up. You've you've sort of fastened me. You've held me together. You've not let my foes rejoice over me. Uh, I cried to you for help. You healed me. We had a relationship. You're my God. Oh Lord, you're, you're my God. You're not just the God, but there's a personal relationship here. You're my God. You're my friend. You're my helper. I cried to you for help. You brought my soul up from Sheol. So he's, he's prefacing the, uh, the cycle that he's about to describe. Um, you restored me to life. I was, you, he didn't say you restored me from Sheol. Sheol is, is hell, essentially, or the, the place of death. They didn't have a sense yet the, of heaven was for the redeemed and, and Sheol or hell was for 
the, the unredeemed or the unfaithful. It was just, that's where you, that was the place of the dead, Sheol. Um, and he said, metaphorically, he was depressed, right? My soul was there and you lifted me up. So let's, um, and, and he begins to thank God, verse 4, he begins to thank God for his own character. I don't know if you've thought about that in your prayers. You know, there's a great sort of uh, form for prayer that I, I think is helpful. Acts, A-C-T-S, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and then supplication. You're asking, so you're adoring God, you're confessing your sin, then you're thanking God for what you have. But to thank God for His own character is maybe not something that we always think about. I give thanks to His holy name. A holiness is um, in uh, gives us all, right? Gives us all. Um, and if you've stood in prayer before the Lord's holiness, what ought to happen, like if, you, if you've read through Isaiah 6, holy, 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 that's where Isaiah gets the vision that, that God is uh, high and lifted up. He's on the throne of His temple. The train of His robe fills the temple and the cherubim and seraphim are flying around, calling out, holy, holy, holy. It's just a, a majestic view. And what, when he's face to face with uh, his, the holiness of God, Isaiah does what? Falls on his face. Right? He just fall, he's immediately aware of his unworthiness, his own unholiness to be in that place. Um, we, we're giving thanks to God for his character. His anger is but for a moment. His favor is is for a lifetime. Isn't that a, that's a beautiful way to think about it. I mean, God is not a God who doesn't get angry, but He is a God who is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. His anger is for a moment, but His, his favor is for a lifetime, which says to me that you, there, you can have both at the same time. If you can be in His favor, and yet if you, if you go outside of his, his will, then you will incur His anger. He disciplines those whom He loves. I never stop loving my kid, but I do get angry at him. So, um, so we're thanking God for His own character. And then we thank God for the benefits of, of His favor. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning. We know that it's coming. We know that even the, that I'm in this, this valley of the shadow of death, I'm in this, this nighttime of weeping, that joy will come in the morning. There will be an end to this. And then what he says, this is, this is interesting. He said, as for me, I said, this is where he, he's talking about his, his own testimony. And then remember, it's poetic, so it's not, it's not in, in narrative verse. It's, it's, but he says, As for me, I said in my prosperity, I shall never be moved. You can think about King David. He was the most powerful man around. Everybody within 500 miles of David had to do what he said, or they would go to jail, or they would be killed. I mean, he was the most powerful man uh, in, uh, anywhere around him. And he could say, and he actually could say, This is by your favor, O Lord. You raised me up. You saw me when I was a shepherd, I was a seventh child. Uh, of, of Jesse, and you picked me, and here I am as the king of Israel. Uh, I, and, but he said, not, oh Lord, you will never be moved, but I will never be moved. I mean, you could think of David saying this before uh, Bathsheba, or, or before he uh, asked for the census. If you know the story of David, which I encourage you to look at, um, there is an arrogance, even though it's, uh, he's actually giving the Lord credit, there, there is implied here an arrogance that um, I, everything I have I'm, will never be taken away. And that's when, in the middle of verse 7, he says, you hid your face. David cried out, and there was no reply. Uh, you hid your face, and I was dismayed. And suddenly, 
the mountain of his own strength uh, seemed more like a molehill. There was no, without the Lord, without the blessing of God, there was no where to offer thanks. Uh, there, was no, there was no point, there was no strength. And so he says, to you, O Lord, I cry. I mean, where else am I going to go? To the Lord, I know He's there, even though He's silent. I'm, I'm pleading for mercy. What profit is there in my death if I go down to the pit? Because who's going to praise you? Hear, O Lord, be merciful to me. You're my... So he's going through this, this dark night of the soul, right? And then in verse 11, you've turned to, for me my mourning into dancing. So the Lord is faithful to His pleas. But, but that time, that dark night, that valley of the shadow, reoriented David's thinking from, look, I have the Lord's favor, I'm on this mountain of strength, to look, I'm in the Lord's favor because I have the Lord, essentially. You've loosed my sackcloth, which is the uh, garment of, of mourning and, and repentance. You've clothed me with gladness, that my glory may sing your praise and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks to you forever. No matter if I go back through this valley again, we end in thanksgiving. We end in good grace. You caress. All right. So, what are your what are your reflections uh, on this this psalm? What what do you hear in there? Email. I think it would be terrifying if you do not believe that God is always there. What? How in the world can you even exist mm. when you are looking at nothing and we have everything, mm -hmm. everything? The, uh, I'm, I'm with you. So the great, uh, the great preacher of England in the last century, they called him the Prince of Preachers, Charles Spurgeon said this about verse 7, By thy favor thou hast made my mountains to stand strong. He says, he ascribed his prosperity to the Lord's favor so far good. It is well to own the hand of the Lord in all our stability and our wealth. But observe, this is, so, this is a, such a, we don't write like this anymore, this is so good. But observe that the good in a good man is not unmingled good. Is not what? Unmingled good. The good in a good man is not unmingled good. For this was alloyed, with carnal security. Yeah, that's good, isn't it? That's good. Yeah. Yeah. His the absurd, the good and the good man is not unmingled good. For this was alloyed with carnal security. His state he compares to a mountain. A molehill would have been nearer. We never think too little of ourselves. Now, popular psychology doesn't say that, right? We never. But but Spurgeon, in all his wisdom. We never think too little of ourselves because then we have, if there's less of us, there's more room for God, right? So, how, he says, how soon the bubble bursts when God's people get conceit in their, into their heads and fancy that they are to enjoy immutability beneath the stars and constancy upon this whirling orb. How touchingly and teachingly God corrected His servant's mistake. God disciplines those whom He loves. How touchingly and teachingly, God corrected his servant's mistake. I just want to apologize that I don't talk like that uh, to you. But, um, but anyway, I, hopefully my content is, is, is in the neighborhood. So it's a, um, it is a 
a, uh, a wonderful thing as uh, that our gratitude is not just nebulous and not for our own good. But our gratitude is for the glory of the Lord. And we can give thanks for, not only for what He's given to us, but for who He is. And not just for material things, but for His own favor that He's given to us in His Son. That's really, even though we're um, only a couple minutes past ten, that's really what I want to say uh, this morning. Um, any, other, any thoughts or reflections? Or? As you head into Thanksgiving, as you head into, um, some, for some of you, what for some of you will be great stress, whether it be through travel or through family uh, dynamics, remember, David, that the difficulty was touchingly and teachingly God's correcting uh, his mistake that they got it was on the other side of difficulty that God was re or I mean David was reoriented to give thanks to God in all things. Sissy, what were you going to say? Um, the verse weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good verse for people who mourn someone's death. That you know we weep and we are sad to lose them, but then when you think of the joy in the morning that they're waking up in the arms of Jesus. Mm. I, you know, that's a wonderful thought, and, and, and this is a time of our, our year that, that the nostalgia of the holidays uh, brings on hardship in our, in our hearts a lot of times. In fact, if you've probably heard of this this afternoon uh, from 12 to 2 across the street in the Family Life Center, if, if this is a hard time for you, the holidays, and we've got a, a, a group for you just to talk that through today. We'd love for you to be a part of that. Dorsey. Along the same lines as Sissy, um, and that that morning may not literally be tomorrow morning. Right. But that joy is going to come. Mm-hmm. You know, not necessarily our morning, but in God's morning. Well, that's right. Of course. Yeah, it's not just tomorrow morning. Uh, but it's, it is uh, in that season of night versus the season of, of dawn that's coming. Right. Yes. Just think, if you don't have the night, how can you appreciate the day? So ML said, if you don't have the night, how can you appreciate the day? And I, I love that. Absolutely. There is goodness in that. I mean, the fact we we often think, well, if if God was good, He wouldn't let this bad thing happen. But but we actually, as Christians, we know that we have a, a real opportunity to look and say, well, what God, what are you doing? What what is the goodness? And it's not just looking for a silver lining to comfort me, but what might you be doing? How might, it may take years to, to get that answer. You may never get the answer. But we know that God you know, works all things to the good of those, those who love the Lord. So give thanks. Amen? Amen. Okay. Praise God. You have a question? Last one. Okay. Um, and it might not be directly related to this, but it just keeps gnawing at me. I read this one scripture that was so telling to me, and I can't find it. But, and I don't know the whole scripture to, to Google it, but I do know part of the scripture says, lean not on your own understanding. Proverbs 3. Like Proverbs. Tell me what it is. Proverbs 3, 5. Proverbs, Proverbs 3, what? 5. You guys are good. I know the scripture right there, it was Proverbs 3, 5. 